follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad here with Matt and Brad. We are so happy you were able to join us for this episode. Gentlemen, how are you doing? I am I, doing well. I'm uh, I'm tired, Shad. <laughs> I wonder I'm, why, Matt. I'm tired. Um, yeah, I have a baby now, and uh, I'm tired. <laughs> I bet you are, my man. Yeah, I mean... She's actually a really good baby. It's just the whole when they're like really, uh, you know, like fresh, fresh out, fresh, like fresh and clean. They they they're just brand new to the world. They need to be fed like every two three hours, and um, they need which, to be taken care of a lot. Yeah, which I don't mind, but the whole feeding to every two to three hours, like that gets rough because you basically are not you're sleeping in like little increments essentially, yeah. and that gets yeah. uh, that gets yeah. kind of. I'm kind of if I'm if, if I for this uh, these shows that we're taping today if I'm a little punch drunk <laughs> that's why because <laughs> I'm, I'm a little punch drunk I think they'll be more fun that way yeah so what, what I didn't realize until my cousin had her first child is I didn't mm-hmm. realize like they just forget to breathe sometimes oh God there is well I Matt remind me I will send you a link mm-hmm. there is a this is riveting for our fans out there, but uh, there is a monitor that we used at my house that has a motion sensor that goes under their mattress. Mm-hmm. And so if they quit breathing or anything like that, an alarm goes off that scares them and wakes you up. <coughs> yeah, my cousin it has, has led, that. It has led to <coughs> much, much easier uh, rest in my household. What, uh, it has I'm... a camera, too, so you can like see them. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I might. Um, I kind of appreciate that link because uh, I'm sure everything's fine or will be fine. But I am because this is like my first kid. I'm at that state. I really like. I'm that type of uh, first parent or newborn, like a new dad of a newborn, where I'm like paranoid. Like I yeah. last night, like I we we fed the baby like <coughs> three. Yeah. And then I, I couldn't go to bed again until like four thirty, and it was purely just like, I was just listening to like, is she breathing? Is she breathing? And yeah. then yeah. until I realized like, oh, she's just sleeping, and she's like, cool. That's when I. <laughs> that's the only time I was actually that's, able to fall asleep. That is every dad that cares. Every yeah, and that's, probably every mom too. It's just. Yeah, but it's it's hilarious the change between kid one and kid two. Like my cousin, we would babysit for the mm. first one, mm. you know. She'd hand us this this dictionary of like numbers we could reach them at, like give us all this stuff. And then you know they have kid number two, and they're practically like long snapping you the kid as you come in the door because you know, eh, we didn't kill the first one, like we're good. 
Yeah, I, I actually. Just, yeah, you realize it's not. It's not as you're going to be okay. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. That it's funny you say that because we ran into a girl not that long ago who had just found out that she was pregnant uh, with like her third kid, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Oh yeah, I'm like three months like pregnant," and had not gone to the doctor yet. And we were kind of like gave her like probably like a confused look, and she's like, "Oh no, it'll be fine." But <laughs> I'm sure the kids he'll be he'll it'll live he'll be fine. And it's like, wow, what a what a nonchalant attitude. I wish I had that kind of confidence. Because right now I'm like every I'm not that I'm weird or like paranoid or anything, but it's also like, oh my god, everything I have to do is like has to be perfect because this kid's gotta gotta be great. Like I'm <laughs> everything is like, oh my god. When she like sneezes, funny. It's like, what's wrong? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. You know what? You know what show I used to watch, um, and my wife made me stop watching because it was so horrific. Was I didn't know I was pregnant. Oh God! And it was all these women like, oh, I just thought I had to go to the bathroom when I got up, and there's a kid in the toilet, and I was just like, oh my God, how do you not know? It just. Oh. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> well, can I add? Can I? Can I have one last thing? Yes, sir. I uh, just uh, did put the uh the cap on my baby talk um i do want to say my heartfelt appreciation to both of you uh you guys have been really accommodating to my schedule because obviously like right here off the bat things are getting a little weird and probably will be until like you know first couple months so i appreciate you guys being really accommodating to try and get me on the podcast again and kind of work on like show topics that are easier for me like the stuff we're talking about tonight is super easy because it's like current events slash stuff we've reviewed that was kind of easy to review. So I yeah, appreciate that, guys. Don't We're worry. Happy. January 2nd rolls around. I'm cracking that fucking whip. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about uh, what we had talked about in previous shows. It's been a while back. Or maybe we were talking about it like offline. I really do want to do like a retrospective or do a deep dive of like um, Kawada, Misawa, stuff like that. We kind of talked about doing something yeah. like a, a long form type of thing. Well, we did it with we did it with Hogan and Savage, and then kind of our yeah. lives got a little tumultuous. So we haven't yeah. we haven't had the um, because the thing was like I really love doing the Hogan Savage stuff, but mm-hmm. there were some weeks where like I I wouldn't have time during the week, and I was just pounding video for like three hours, going into the podcast, and then podcasting about it for two hours, and yeah, yeah, like there were just some crazy like like I, to to. to to un- to pull back the curtain a little bit for people that maybe have never podcast, um, some weeks are easy, and some weeks like an hour and a half of content has about ten hours of work behind it from about each of us. Yeah, like so, it just depends on what we have capacity for. But there there are weeks where some of us have done research, like we've all watched video, like it's just it's um. There's even just a lot of general keeping on top of what's going on stuff. Yeah, and there's so, uh, there's sometimes there we're coordinating like during the week. Like sometimes <clears throat> things change. Like sometimes maybe we're thinking about doing a review of MLW and we we're watching it, and then wrestling decides that a lot of people need to publicly like shit themselves <laughs> in public, and um, we have to talk about it just because they won't stop. Or, or my favorite is we randomly tape um, an episode on a Monday and a certain someone can't fucking behave themselves for 48 hours. So I don't have to record an extra 
advisory for an episode because it happened. It literally happened between a fucking Monday night and a Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. So we'll get into that in just a second. And, and and what are the odds? What are the odds? What are the odds that we decided to cover that particular promotion and then they just had to they had to fucking do that? Yeah. Oh, oh man. God. Essentially twenty four <laughs> hours later. <laughs> I don't know. No, yeah, it was because well. <laughs> someone caught it during the airing. Yeah. All right, that we'll we'll get into it in just a second. Um, we got a couple of shout outs. The first one, we got to give a shout out to our affiliate, Collar and Elbow. That is collarandelbowbrand.com, the wrestling brand. Use the promo code Four Corners Podcast. That's the number four capital C in Corners Capital P in Podcast. Get ten percent off your order. They usually have really good Black Friday deals too. I sent some shirts to the guys last year that I'd gotten on Black Friday. They are super comfortable. They are super soft. They are excellent for helping your baby go to sleep when they're cuddled up against it because it's just that soft. What better endorsement could you want? I, uh, I'm going to look on Black Friday for some specials. They yes, have like sir. they have numerous shirts that I actually want. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And then coming in the new year, we're going to have a show that involves a certain someone, right, Matt? That would be Evaco Cologne. Um, I'm not sure if Epico has kids, but uh, if so, <laughs> I'm sure he's a great dad. We all wish he was like team dad. <clears throat> what was it? I, w- I was watching something, or I was reading something about him earlier today, and now I can't remember what it was. Anyway. I know their contracts are supposedly coming up, and they're going to be Puerto Rico bound, I think is what I, what I read. Right. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I heard. Um, it's it's good work if you can get it. Uh, be on the roster. Go work at home. Get paid for it, and just make some bank and not have to travel. I could see them. I could see MLW giving them some limited dates because they tend to record out of Florida. Oh yeah, I could see that. I could see that. And well, they like they like to bring in that international flavor for their shows too, and they just got a AAA partnership. Oh, cool. All right, so we are going to be um, we're going to be talking about what Brad so subtly alluded to as part of everything tonight. <clears throat> which, uh, well, Brad, since since you're so passionate, which one would you like to start with this well, evening? I'm actually going to start us off on a positive note before we start um, ripping into some people. But I just want to say how pleased I am that Filthy Tom Lawler is staying in professional wrestling. And yeah. and kind of not. This is going to sound really bad, and I I swear to God, this podcast is not anti WWE, despite the fact that we like rib on them a lot. Mm-hmm. But I'm so glad he didn't go to the WWE. And I, I know, I know the 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 thing to do is that you're supposed to cheer these people on if you're fans of them. It's like you want them to get a payday, and I, that's true. I want I want people who I I like in this industry to be successful i mean it is a profession it's not just it's not for charity like they i want them to get paid uh but i'm whenever i hear a really good or talented or interesting wrestler or indie worker go to the wwe i'm like i kind of i'm at the i'm at the point i'm disappointed because i'm like great they're gonna never be they're gonna 
Yeah, they're probably never going to be seen again, or if they are, it's going to be like a a three-minute match on TV. Or even if you have someone who has all the talent in the world who could be a huge star, who could be a badass, they can literally turn them into like a chump and afterthought and like basically burn them out or ruin them in record time. I mean, this is kind of like a really an aside, but look what they've done with Walter. Walter is a guy who... You, I know he doesn't want to live in the United States, but if you could convince this guy to at least do, I don't know, like a year-long program, you could have had him main event WrestleMania as like a monster heel. Like that's how oh, good easily. this dude is. Easily. And he's like losing at Survivor Series what, like in three minutes or something like that. Yeah, they're yeah. they're they're pissing away so much. Yeah, so much talent on as we've taken to calling them unforced errors. There's yeah, no it, reason to do this. Yeah, it, and yet. I'm sorry to cut you off, Shad. Go ahead. No, I, I'm, I'm trying to agree with you. There, there's no reason for these unforced errors, and yet they keep happening. Yeah, Walter. Walter. I'm sorry to cut you off too, Brad. I, Walter, in general, like he, they have him form a stable yeah. of dudes who are like MMA dudes or, or catch wrestling dudes, and it's like you should have those guys be running over everyone and just yeah. beating the shit out of them, and you could you could literally run with that program. For, take that, like besides the whole like inter-brand feud thing they have going on. You could have those four dudes led by Walter just run roughshod over everyone. You could run that through, like, Royal Rumble at least. Even building up to, like, a Mania match. And it's like, they had those guys when they did, they debuted and then they were losing to the Raw people. Yeah. Weeks later, the Raw team, I think, came out, like, the worst in Survivor Series. So, like, great. You had this... You had a, a heel an awesome heel stable formed only to have them jobbed out ultimately to a team that were made out to be just like chumps. Yeah. And that the, and the person from NXT they got behind that match bombed so bad that even Vince supposedly hated it. Yeah. Which one was that one? The women's survivor series elimination. Oh yeah. Cause uh, Baszler did not go over well with the mains. I will say the one positive though. And if I was booking there, you know who would have the rocket like on their ass right now would be Keith Lee. Yeah, I would say Keith Lee. I, I guess they're because uh... his his charisma cannot be denied. Yeah, I guess they're strapping the rocket to the ass of um, Rhea Ripley. I think I I don't know if she'd be my first choice, but I think after seeing like uh, Baszler kind of fall flat, I think she's the better option. I was surprised they actually didn't push her more than they... Well, I thought they would have pushed her a lot sooner than now. Because like, a year ago, when they were doing the the other May Young Classic, it seemed like that's what they were going for. And she then, wasn't quite ready, I don't think. That's fair. But she's... I, I, as soon as we saw her back then, I think we maybe even have made the analogy. She's like girl Triple H. I, <laughs> so, I, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm surprised they didn't push her. I think I think the problem too, especially if you're talking about on the UK side where she's primarily resided, is no matter how good you are in the UK, you're always going to play second fiddle to Tony Storm just because she's Tony Storm. Yeah, oh, that's a good point. <clears throat> so, good point. Um, why don't we take our little journey chronologically? All right. So. Um, so we, we obviously taped on Monday, and then Tuesday happened, and Jim Cornette 
maybe made some comments about people with fried chicken and motor scooters in Ethiopia, and needless to say that uh, it did not go over particularly well. No. Yeah, um, I figure we might as well just go ahead and, and, and put out there what it was. It was a match between Aldis and Trevor Murdoch, and he was trying to put over how tough Trevor Murdoch is. And he used a line he had used in the past. Um, Trevor Murdoch could could uh, strap a bucket of fried chicken to his back and ride a scooter across Ethiopia and nothing would happen to him. Now, there's a number of ways that this doesn't go well. When I first heard it, my thought was, well, he's, he's got to be talking about starving people because otherwise why would it be Ethiopia, Right. But the problem is with the word choices and the food choice in question and all that, it, there's way too many ways for this to go wrong. Well, and I think, but I think the Ethiopia reference itself <laughs> is outdated now. Probably. Um, see, here's <laughs> something that I realized a few years ago. Because um, <clears throat> I watched the trailer for... Um, I think Kayfabe commentaries did a ring roast of Cornette, and they showed they they show clips from it. And when Cornette got his uh, got his time, he basically used a lot of jokes that he's used in the past. Because <clears throat> just like if you go to a Jim Gaff if you go to a Jim Gaffigan show, you want to hear about hot pockets. People are going to go back to the the stuff that's gotten them laughs before. And he's going back to stuff that he's used before, except maybe just maybe this is not a good time to be using that. So, um, I think his problem is, is if he would just update his act to Andrew Dice Clay, he'd probably be fine. <laughs> As opposed to what? What would you I call don't this? Know. I, he's doing like Don Rickles in like 1978. Okay. It's uh, it's it's hard for me to put a or maybe some old George Carlin. That might be uh, accurate. Yeah, old George Carlin's a little too sophisticated for Jim Cornette, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a yeah, I know he's a Carlin fan, but anyway. And, and so I think this this I think what also really hurt Jim Cornette is some other audio of him dropping the N word popped up that I think most people have heard before, but you know. I'll be honest kind with of, you, I had not heard that before. I hadn't either. I don't think I've heard it before. I knew the particular incident that that was, I believe, because that was from Smoky What was that Mountain. from? I think it was an altercation he had with, like, um, a security guard at a Smoky Mountain wrestling show. Oh, is that what it was? Or I could be wrong on the incident. I know there's been one or two incidences over the year, over the years. <coughs> I was going to say, I didn't think it would be a... Uh, an instance involving New Jack and Mustafa, but uh, you never know. But I think I think what hurt him, what hurt him with that video is that I think the version I heard bleeped it out. But you can tell he and that word are um, old buddies, well acquainted, huh? Yeah, hey. you, there's a certain ease with which that word comes off of his his tongue that uh, hurts him. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's really the type of person he is, but 
it's one of those things where it's it, the perception is that you are comfortable with saying this word. Yeah. Whereas I've kind of, I've kind of grown up where it's like I don't, I feel like I can't even use the word if I'm quoting like a rap song. <laughs> I don't. I'm like that level of uncomfortable. But I mean, like, I mean, I, 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 um, I. I'm a child of the eighties. My, my grandparents, like, um, my grandmother, like my one set of grandparents died before I was, when I was too young to remember, but my, my grandmother came from England. Like she was a war bride post uh, world war two. Mm-hmm. So, um, she wasn't racist, but you know, she used some outdated language for them in the eighties and the nineties, but she never resorted to that. She used a different word that was a little, that would be a little insensitive today, but ne- not necessarily anywhere in the same stratosphere. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Like coming as someone that dealt with that, which is, which I, like I said, she wasn't racist. She just was, you know, so there's a point in your life where you get too old to keep up with terminology. And I'm, so, yeah, so, I mean, it, it, it's kind of like a dark and unpleasant thing to, to know, but it's like, yes, I mean, African-American people or, people of African descent, I guess they're not, if they're not American, if they're from another country, like they, that word was used a lot. I mean, yeah. but she never, but she, what I'm saying though is she never used she never, the N word and I would never mm-hmm. imagine my grandmother using the N word because that is not. Yeah. There's little, there's not really any other connotation yeah. uh, of what that word is, but it probably like, un, is it, was it the other N word? It was colored. Colored. Yeah. Which, but I mean, figure she was, she was born in the twenties, and um, yeah, that I mean was, that term, that term that, was used. I mean, we have well, we have, like, I think at the that, NAACP, that was the I think that was supposed to be the the correct term for a while at the time. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So and like I said, there's a difference between growing up with someone that was using an outdated term that would probably be deemed uh, racially insensitive now versus what he was using. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. You know, there's also the difference between she was 80 years old and you know, okay, yeah, like, but you know, like what I'm saying though is there's a difference between that and what he did because, like I said, my grandmother would if you would have said that around my grandmother, she would have been like, "What the fuck are you saying?" Okay. Just I I didn't even understand his story because it's like, again, like the way I was raised, it's like you don't use that word right and i don't know how i can't picture any sort of context in which i would even remotely feel comfortable using that word to describe an african-american person or someone or even let alone someone i know like i i just couldn't i would be like (laughs) it would appall me to such a level that i'd be like i can't i can't do it i just can't i i would feel like such an awful person so i don't know i don't even understand like how are you and maybe that's what people are with that particular clip got really like upset about as they should. Yeah. But can I, it's kind of like, my, how do you use that word? Go can ahead. I share my favorite new Jack story for when he was working in Smoky Mountain wrestling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He said some little kid came up to him before a show and like rubbed him or something. And he's like, the kid like ran away and he like coaxed the kid back. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? And the kid's like, my dad told me like, if we touch you, like it rubs off on us. Oh God! Wow! And I I laugh my because New Jack New Jack has a way with words sometimes. I love his shoot interviews. Just um, 
That's true. New Jack can take it, something outlandish and make it really way more amusing than it should be. Because he, he he talks about his Smoky Mountain wrestling, right? He's like, all these people are so pissed off at us, and it's and he, he's like, it's Jim Cornette like, telling me to say all this shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that, because uh, that was when he crashed Cornette's shoot, wasn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But, I, you know, the thing is, like, I'm going to be honest, like, what this situation is, I don't necessarily think Jim Cornette's racist, um, but I think I think the problem he's having is, like, he is really, like, off the rails lately, and he's just said some really, like, some really vile shit, I think, playing did you up he- his character, and it's just, are you, are you going to bring up the Justin Roberts thing? Yeah, did you hear um, any of the Observer, uh, I don't, I don't, I still don't have a, a current subscription. I let it lapse a while back, but they will post clips at least of the radio show on YouTube. And I'll listen to some of those. And I know Meltzer was really worked up about the Justin Roberts thing, which do you want to explain what that exactly was for people who don't I, know? I kind of missed that one. I, I, I saw it in passing, but like I said, Jim Cornette's been like this, the, like, I think it's literally been in the last month. You had the progress owner thing, you had that, and you had this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Justin Roberts thing, uh, for those who aren't aware, I didn't see the particular picture in question, and I think this was on Jim Cornette's podcast. I could be wrong, but I think that's where this was coming from. But I think it came out some... of Full Gear. Oh, was it? Yeah, well, because just Justin Roberts works with AEW, and, yeah, and I think he took a picture like with... Um, I think just with fans and there were kids uh, in the picture. Maybe they might have been I, a picture believe, with kids. I believe. I believe according to Meltzer, like the thing Cornette was commenting about is the kid got hit with something, and you know because he's the yes, announcer, right. he you know he he's supposed to like settle, you know he's supposed to like, you know go over and be like, hey, like let me get you some stuff, like blah. blah yeah, blah, let's get you know. a free T-shirt. It's gonna be okay. Which yeah, that's perfectly. Wise business move, and I think on his podcast, basically, Cornette made some sort of comment about how he implied that Justin Roberts was a pedophile. It's like yeah. if you if if you were to see Justin Roberts coming towards your kid, you'd run the other way. Like it's he basically implied that, and it was like completely out of left field and entirely unnecessary. And uh, you can't really. <laughs> I mean, you can, but that's you can't really just call someone a pedophile or imply that's, that they are, yeah. like without any sort of context. Yeah, that's kind it of is, a uh, that's a hell of a thing to drop. Yeah, especially like I I think if they like knew each other and had a personal relationship and that was known, like kind of kind of like chucking that bomb is a little more acceptable. But I don't know; it just came across like really. Really, Unnecess- um, yeah, unnecessarily yeah. conspirited. Yeah, because even like what Justin Roberts was doing, like even Triple H has done that at shows. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, so. I will say the whole like, well, we can talk about it more in depth. But this whole like, well, he's playing a character. It's like at some point, is he? Because if your character is that you multiple times are just a raging asshole, maybe you're just an asshole. I think like, I think my comment has been I think the character is playing him now. Yeah, it's 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 difficult because I've met him a number of times, and every time I've met him, 
he's been super easy to get along with. He's been super easy to, you know, talk to. Even people trying to rile him up, he just kind of laughed it off and didn't go for the bait, that sort of thing. So, I don't know. Um, maybe there's a there's just a mental difference between being at home and being out with the public. Or, I, 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 don't, I, I don't know, but... I think... I, I think because I, I think I read something about Howard Stern once about how like his gimmick started playing him at some point. And that's kind of like when his original marriage took a shit. OK, so I think I think there's I think there's a problem of when you're playing that kind of character or even um, uh, Matt will know what I'm talking about, like the Fez Watley character. Mm hmm. Like, I think when you're playing a character like that, especially like a loudmouth, it's I think there's. I think there's a problem with when you're playing a character that much, like it bleeding into your regular life and clouding your judgment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, uh, Brad, <laughs> Robin, <laughs> I invented this whole talking to a microphone. Everyone's ripping me off. Rude and rude. <laughs> Roddy. <laughs> Fucking starving over here, Brad. <laughs> Are we got any sandwiches in the back? Not now, boss. <laughs> but yeah, I just think, I think he's just, I just think like he, I think the problem is, is like he, because of his cult of Cornette thing, like he feels <coughs> like he needs to double down because he even kind of apologized on his podcast. Mm -hmm. And um, to my surprise, like Brian last actually kind of took him to task on it. Oh, really? And I, think, Go ahead. I think people got I think and I think he really I think because I, I kind of told people that because if you've never been in front of a microphone like having to think of things off the top of your head like there's a certain pressure to that and sometimes like yeah. something might not come out quite the way you want like and I think I think he really could have gone into like look you know I'm doing commentary you know, you're in the heat of the moment. Sometimes you say some dumb shit. Well, there's there's another story floating around that after it went to air, they asked him to apologize, and he refused, and that's when they started pushing this, and he quit. <clears throat> I, I can't speak for the veracity of this rumor. But, I haven't um, listened to his podcast. I just read a recap, and I didn't read it before then. Um, he has some things that he's saying that um, they were trying to blame AEW fans, but I don't know. That's coming from him, and I don't know like what they are trying to convey to him other than their fan base is largely an AEW fan base, and I know Melter said that they were uncomfortable with how he was going at AEW because he was pretty much going at, like, a large segment of the NWA fan base. Okay. Maybe and he's that's also, part and of it. He's also wrong because it was an NWA fan that like primarily that caught it. Well, yeah, it was and, someone who was watching the show live who caught it. Yeah. yeah. Well, but because, but they have a huge cross. I would say, I would say literally 75% of their viewers are AEW fans. That's probably true. Because because a lot of them are wrestling fans and it comes on right after dark and it's a good show. So I bet most of the people just flip on over. 
Well, the other thing I was going to say is um, I know that it can be hard to keep track of a lot of this stuff, but they recorded all of these back in September. And if I had Jim Cornette on my payroll, there would be like a a directive of anything that he says during uh, what we're going to be putting out as a broadcast. We need to go back and double check all of that. The the problem is, though, is... um, (sighs) As someone that's edited audio before, I am by no means a professional, but it is super easy to miss, to miss, especially like spoken word. Like, and I imagine it's even harder when you're dealing with, with trying to make sure the visuals look good, because sometimes, sometimes you're tired. Sometimes you're just trying to power through like, so, and sometimes you're just looking for obvious, like, I'm just trying to catch coughs and ums and long pauses and like clean that up a bit. So maybe, you know, you got all that in your mind and you're looking at visuals, so the words don't necessarily register with you. But that's what I mean, is I would have had somebody else be like, sit down, listen for everything Cornette says. If there's going to be anything that's going to cause a problem, you tell me when, where it is so we can do something about it. I bet they don't. I bet they don't have that kind of a manpower. There. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, if if it was... If I was running that show, that would be something I would put some manpower. Oh, they, they, they definitely should have been more careful about that. I've also seen people theorize that they were doing like a live to tape thing, so there wasn't really very much post production anyway. Um, but, I mean, they they definitely they definitely screwed up and should have caught it. I'm just saying, like, as someone that's is someone that's had to edit audio before and a lot of it, like if it's one in the morning and you're just trying to like, you're just trying to get some stuff done. Like there, it's definitely crossed your head. Like, Oh, we, well, what, what, what dumb shit could we possibly have said in 10 minutes? I'm, I'm still of the opinion. It's like, you know, the, the old story is that the farmer's walking along and he picks up the snake and the snake says, well, I won't bite you. And so the farmer carries him and the snake bites me. He goes, you idiot, now we're both going to die. And the snake says, you knew what I was when you picked me up. That's that's kind of where I'm coming at on this. Well, according to Cornette, too, he, he pretty much resigned because he said, look, this is just going to keep happening. So I'm just going to... I'm that's, just going to... Is that what the story is? Because... Um... That's what, what I he would... said. Like he pretty much said, like you know, he felt really bad that um, that it really overshadowed the NWA, and kind of the conversation was like, look, you know, this shit's just gonna keep happening. Like I should probably just go. If that's the case, then good on him. I I I I disagree with that. Like maybe maybe have some self reflection in your life and be like, you know. Like, I'm just kind of alienating myself from everyone. Like, I can still be, like, the angry old man and not, like, do this. If if I were to give any advice, I would be of the opinion that Mr. Cornette would be best served going forward to act as a wrestling historian as opposed to trying to helm current product. And that way... We don't run into this kind of stuff. We don't have, you know, what people call old man yells at cloud for the fact that the industry has changed. And he can give us all kinds of information over old stuff 
like he's been doing in kayfabe commentaries for a long time because he was such a crazy record keeper. Yeah. <clears throat> but <clears throat> saying all this, I have to admit, I don't know how much more of that there is for him to farm, too. Like, how much more history stuff is there for him to... Yeah, because even, even on the drive through after you've listened to 20 or 30 episodes, it's really just people asking the same questions over and over again. Trying to piss him off again? Well, no, some of them are legitimate <laughs> questions, but it's like, how many times can you be like, oh, how was it, what was it like working with a junkyard dog in 1983? Like, okay, he's <laughs> answered that question 80 gajillion times, like, come up with a new, a new one. Yeah. <laughs> what scared you about working with a junkyard dog in 1983? Put a spin on it at least. Or it's like, or it's like, oh, how did you get along with Ole Anderson? Like he's literally told those stories fifty times. Like yeah. you haven't heard it. Well, it's funny to me. It's how do you get along with Ole Anderson? And I think Arn actually made this joke. He, I, if I'm misattributing the quote, I apologize, but. I think he said, Oli is Oli. Orgasms don't make that man happy. Uh, that's interesting that that's, that's what he's saying, at least, because the story is kind of being styled as like, well, he, he's resigning because he wouldn't apologize for saying racist things on the show. I mean, show. he wouldn't apologize, but I think, he, I think he had a moment of... I think he had a moment of clarity. Mm-hmm. So, Are you yeah, saying this isn't going to work? Yeah, so that's that's like the Jim Cornette thing. Like, I I can't say that I'm shocked or disappointed with him at this point because before this, I'd actually unsubscribed from his podcast because he's really just gotten obnoxious the last six months. I'm disappointed just because it it seemed like he had found a place he fit in and was happy with, and I was kind of excited for that. But now that's gone by the wayside and yeah and we got caught with our pants down like saying some nice things (laughs) about him hey the i have a soft spot in my heart like some people might say like the uh the rotten spot on a pumpkin um whenever i was getting into the business listening to his there were some interviews he did and some stuff that really informed a lot of, of how I thought about the business. That's the thing. When it comes to being a trainer, he has the basics, the underpinnings of the industry so solidly that I'm kind of thinking that everyone would benefit going through a, I don't know, an introductory training period with him. And then after that, you go and, and train with somebody else to kind of, you find how to put your own spin on it or you find how to, how to, you know, do the other moves or something like that. I, I, there, There's still a part of me that would say that everybody would benefit from that sort of thing. But, you know, that's never going to happen either. Yeah. So then um, we're going to we're going to go slightly off script here before we get into the next segment. So we're going to kind of go into something a bit more positive ish before we go back into the negatives. But did you guys. <laughs> Did you guys see the story that Cody's been slowly, like, copywriting old WCW pay-per-view names? Yes. He, yes. He started doing that even before AEW was really yeah. up off the ground. But he got he got the full rights to Dusty <coughs> Rhodes, 
I think he got Super Brawl recently. Did he get and Super I wanna Brawl? S- really? Yeah, and I think he might have gotten Spring Stampede. He got two. He already had Bash at the Beach. I have heard that he also finally has, maybe has the rights to the name Cody Rhodes now. I think he does. No, and he doesn't. He doesn't have War Games, but he has the Match Beyond. Yeah. Which there, if you are watching AEW, it's clear they're kind of leading towards that eventually. I'm not sure. They would probably bust that out for the next pay per view. I'm not sure when that would be though. Someone made a great point about um, the WWE War Games compared to what AEW is going to be. Is that the NXT ones were what they were. But you know, like, the end of AEW War Games is going to be MJF and Cody just absolutely drenched in blood. Like, and MJF yeah. tapping out to a figure four in the middle of the ring. You think it's going to be a figure four? I would say so. I mean, what else? I mean, how else are you going to get that visual of them just... I don't just know. Red with... Off the top of my head, if it were me, I think I would want something that... Cody could lock on and yet still have a hand three to just absolutely pummel the living hell out of MJF while he's doing it. Like they're both, you know, you, you, you have them both doing the crimson mask thing and just for something off the top of my head, um, Cody's got him in a, in a cross face or the, some, some variation thereof and every like he'll he's got the leg scissors and he's pulling back on the cross face and then he'll let up and he'll just clock mjf in the side of the head with both hands just back and forth and then he'll pull back on it again um to me that that would be like that would be a crazy visual as far as i'm concerned especially if you do it the way voldemort used to do it and you grab your other wrist underneath the other guy's chin so that it doesn't block his face. And then, um, yeah, I think that'd be good. I, I still like the figure four though, just because that has the, that has the historical oomph behind it. That's true. Also, it's, um, I also watched it today. It's, it's a couple days old, but, um, did you guys see the Sammy Guevara story last week? No, I did not. So some kid mailed him an invite to his birthday party and Sammy Guevara showed up to where they were having the party with like, like, I think it was some go-kart place with a present for him. Oh, what? What? And the kid like squeals. It's on his Instagram, I think. What's, what's Guevara doing? He's doing face stuff. What is it? I mean, it's really cool that he does it. Don't get me wrong. But I'm honestly kind of surprised. Maybe I shouldn't be. He seems like a good dude. Yeah, I mean, he's playing a heel, but he really does seem like a guy who's really excited about the opportunities he's got. I mean, he is now in a major stable mm-hmm. on a, what I guess you could consider the number two promotion, at least in North America. I would. Yeah. And is doing a pretty great job, and they're they're really working to make him a big thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, he's succeeding, I think. Yeah. 
and I've seen him on the indies before a little bit before obviously he even signed with AEW. I had no idea, obviously, that they were going to give him this big push, but he was a talented guy and he does have good charisma. He, it's more like the you want to punch him in the face <laughs> charisma. They're, they're utilizing his talents well. Um, but yeah, it's like, it, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I'm excited because he's how old is Sammy Guevara? 26. Okay, so he's really young still. So yeah. he's kind of living his dream and he's given this great opportunity he's running with it but i'm sure like uh, the real person sammy guevara is probably like loving this like this is his dream and he's getting to live it so if he can like yeah behind the scenes be a good dude i'm sure like he's excited about that because i mean he grew up a fan too and also um george <laughs> kittle from the 49ers was doing like the post-game press conference last night and he mm-hmm. had a pentagon junior shirt on oh really <laughs> yeah he had like the mask on his shirt in like red. It was hilarious. So okay, so I, next wait, we're wait. Gonna get... before we do this, I can't help but I'm I'm still thinking about the Guevara thing. I can't help but wonder how MJF would have done the same thing. Oh, MJF would have like stolen like the presents or like tried to make out with his mom or something. <laughs> I think MJF would have shown up and and. God, it's he's so committed to the gimmick because there's the story of um, the uh, there was he he went to an autograph signing and um, there there was a a guy there I can't remember he was handicapped and I don't remember in what way but he insisted for the picture that MJF like trash talk him or something like. Like, seriously, he's like, no, don't hold back. And MJF's like, uh, okay. He, he does it, but he's, like, super uncomfortable doing it. <coughs> so I could have seen it being something like that, too. All right, sorry. Tangent. I know you're fine. Okay, so, back into the negative. <laughs> oh, actually, no, before we go into that, just because it's MJF and D&D, I watched... <laughs> It was The New Day and Alexa, and I think it was Tyler Breeze playing D&D on Up, Up, Down, Down. There was, um, oh my god, my brother sent it to me. There was an episode of Xavier Woods playing D&D with a group of people with one of the guys who designed 5th edition DMing it. In the course of this... <clears throat> now check this out. In the course of this game, they they were doing some kind of. I only watched the clip, but they were doing some kind of um, the uh, like an unarmed combat challenge thing. And in, in Xavier's playing a barbarian. Well, the the paladin monkey flipped somebody at him, and so he describes how the monkey flip works because she'd used it once before. She uses it by name. And he describes how he catches the guy and then power bombs the guy, this cleric in plate armor on top of the paladin that just flung the cleric at him. It takes him like a half hour to get through it, but and there's an audience watching, so they had to be at like PAX or something. <coughs> but people lost their minds at it just for Xavier Woods to be describing power bombing a plate armor wearing cleric on top of a paladin. That's hilarious. I'll have to try and dig that up for you guys. Okay, so um, 
back into the the world of the negative then after we get our cute little side stories out of the way um so kelly klein got fired from ring of honor this week i think we're all i'm I'm gonna speak for matt and shad here i think we're all in agreement that she got fired as retribution for agreeing with joey mercury's um i would say accusations about how they treat the talent probably yeah and we also found out she was only making twenty thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Mm, had asked, so, yeah, had asked for a raise to like twenty four. Yeah, and it was denied. So then we get we get we get uh, Ring of Honor actually made it mainstream because they got an article in Newsweek, but not a good one. No, not at all. So they talked about the. Um, did either of you read it all the way, or did you just read the choice little snippets that? No, I actually I skimmed did. it. I read it mostly all the way. Yeah. So, um, <coughs> i I felt like it. I felt like I was like perpetually like puckering my face more and more as I read it because you would think it can't get worse, but the more you read that article, the worse it got. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, it did it. It just kept like, going downhill. The what the part I sent you guys that you both had a really negative reaction to was Joe Coff telling Klein that they had a concussion protocol, and she was yeah. like, "No, you don't, because no one knows what it is, and um, you didn't know that I had a concussion." So I um I didn't really get into an argument, but I was kind of talking about this in a in a Facebook group with a guy who I think he has some sort of connection with Ring of Honor. I don't know if he works with them or he's just associated. And he is, he was claiming, oh, no, 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 like what, they're wrong. Like they do have a policy. Ring of Honor takes care of people's medical expenses. And it's like, I don't, in fairness, I don't know if he's truthful, but I don't know that the accusations are false either. Because I think it is, to me, it is something where Ring of Honor can be like, well, we have this protocol, but what, I think that's a fair criticism from Klein, where it's like, okay, well, what is it? No one knows. If it, yeah. you have one, then it's not being conveyed to people, and that's see, a bad thing. See, yeah. to me, if it is... So, like, I don't know about where you guys work, but where I work, I can literally, at any moment, get on my on my work PC and go into a program and look at word for word the employee handbook so I can look up like okay well what about this and it yeah. is it is in black and white stated yeah. with exceptions like what it covers like it is there like I know what it is like I can call someone and ask like hey what's this I can ask my boss if I need clarification at work and I can't find it on the the work drive if I need clarification then I get an answer usually, like at most, in a couple of days, and that's an that's an out of the ordinary circumstance. Yeah. So, so what I'm saying <coughs> is, if it's not in writing and they cannot and they do not have access to that, then it does not exist. As far as I'm concerned, that they might have a policy, but if you do not make it available to your your employees then it does not exist for all intents and purposes if yeah if you can't tell your employees what the protocol is you don't have one you're covering my thing is that it's not just kelly klein it's there have been numerous other issues with other employees who receive some sort of injury or a concussion yeah. 
That's fair. And, and there have been at least accusations that it was not handled properly. I mean, one of the things that I did that was raised in the article that I did not see def- refuted was um, Joe Coff and uh, Greg Gregums. <laughs> Um, <laughs> can I can I talk about something real quick before we go into this? Absolutely. When I was sending you those pictures that Joey Mercury posted of their their mm. text exchanges, did you see what Joey Mercury was using for his icon? Uh, Einstein. Yes, I, yeah. I I I was in my yeah. cubicle at work, like giggling like an idiot when I noticed that. Yeah, I did see that too. So anyway, what were you gonna? What were you? I think I know where you're going, but I'm uh, down that trail. God, I lost my train of thought. Um, uh, oh, oh, yeah. Ju- Sorry, yeah. That they um, that they leave before the show is done, and that was one of the. I think Klein raised the issue. Is that or was it her or was it an, like, an anonymous source? I'm not sure. Was, but one. Of, go I ahead. think it was Klein, huh? but but this is also what Cornette and Mercury have bitched about. Yeah, but uh, alleged. I mean, other people were corroborating, like Newsweek didn't just talk to Klein and just take her word as gospel. They talked to other individuals who they weren't specific, like specifying who it was because they wanted to be anonymous because they, they too probably were afraid of reprisals. Yeah. But the, the, the specific argument was that the, they're leaving before the shows are done, which you can argue like, well, they didn't need to be there. But the specific thing was like, well, they need to be there because what if somebody gets injured? And in fact, people have got injured and it's a big question as to how to handle. Um, yeah. Like, what was it? Flip? Well, Flip dislocated his elbow. Was he the one who someone popped it back into place or something like that? Alex uh, Shelley, yeah. Bandito, and I think Rush had to do it. No, Brody King, Bandito, and Alex Shelley had to do it. And I think this was in the article, or maybe I just heard it elsewhere, but like Alex Shelley has been kind of working with people behind the scenes just because he has, I guess, EMS training. Yeah. Well, I think he, I think he, EMT, sorry, EMT. Yeah. EMT we talked training. about it a little bit. Um, yeah. The fact that Alex Shelley, cause Brad asked me if, um, any place I'd worked had done that is if, if you have that and it's like, well, you know, um, why is one of the workers on the roster filling this? He's doing it because, it's not available otherwise, and it, he knows the need is there. Why in the hell is that necessary? It shouldn't be, but it is. And the, Matt, to to add on to what you were saying, what happened to Jay Lethal, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's multiple people. It's not just like Klein is saying this because something she got a concussion, and she right. alleges that they didn't follow. Uh, a protocol if they even did follow even have a protocol it's Whoa. multiple people it's multiple people getting injured and the accusations are like it's being mishandled and that the two people who are in charge of ring of honor are just not doing anything to serve its people right was, that's what, the, was, which mm-hmm. which show is that was that the uk or was that new orleans where she said she was like she got concussed and she was like laying on the floor of the women's locker room for like an hour and no one fucking figured it out holy it was new orleans shit. and she was saying that she was basically just like babbling nonsense because to to put it indelicately to kind of use like a an ugly euphemism but like she her brains were scrambled like she yeah. was just sitting there talking nonsense because she was literally like shell-shocked holy shit i had not heard that 
Oh my that's God! The, how do you the, not call an ambulance? That's in the article, and I don't know who. To, I don't. I'm sorry. Like I should have read the article before the show, but someone finally figured it out and told her like. You need to, to get checked to out. Yeah. Yeah. But the the worst accusation to me, or the the implication at least, um, and it, it, this wrestler wasn't named, but people put two and two together. Um, I think it was what TK Orion. Yes, he's um. So he he denied this on Twitter, but um, someone I think Robert said that he that he's actually the person they're talking about. Yeah, people put two and two together. Um, but TK Orion had suffered a concussion at some point this year and has not wrestled for like months, honestly. Yeah, because I think he, he still just ha- wrestled recently. Okay, but he's been having a lot of issues and Klein used him as a reference not specifying his name but said you know he had also suffered a horrible concussion they didn't have a protocol or they don't follow the protocol even if they do have it and he wasn't getting the sort of medical treatment that he needed to because he's having awful like mental health issues like he they said that he he started acting different like he had had a personality shift yes he had personality changes which uh, I do not profess at all to be any sort of expert on neurological or concussion-related issues, but I do know that if you have to sustain some sort of neurological injury and you have personality changes, that's real bad. That is that's, essentially that's, that's brain that's brain damage essentially. Yeah, that's, the, that's not a, a red flag. That's a freaking mortar. Yeah, is what and, that is. and all all concussions are technically brain damage. It's there's yeah. levels of severity, and obviously depending upon the sort of injury you have depends upon how you recover from it. I mean, it, we're still figuring things out. Like, yeah, if you get a concussion, one concussion in your life, you may be fine, but there are people who, if you have a severe enough concussion, you may be like wrecked. And if you have multiple concussions and yeah, obviously like there's that studies are kind of showing that it's very bad. Your brain is bruised and that's why it swells. Mm -hmm. Well, the problem is, is like, um, especially online now, a lot of people just call everything CTE and it's like, that's not how it works. Like you can have multiple concussions and not have CTE, and, but you can also likewise only have a, you know, have like re- one or two, one or two and have CTE like there just because you have like, like theoretically you could have eight concussions in your life and be fine and never have CTE. Like the one they're they're not like they're two different things, and I think like I think the CTE thing is going to end up being how just susceptible you are to that condition. But just because you've had a bunch of concussions doesn't mean you've had CTE, and likewise, just because you haven't had a ton doesn't mean you don't have CTE. I think the the Nowinski Institute is that like what they've come up with is that in general it's somewhere around four is where you're going to be crossing over on that CTE line. Um, but you, like you said, this, like Nowinski just, what, he just had like, what, one really bad one, right? Yeah, but and I that think... put um, him out? Yeah. But I think I think the problem is, is he, he had the issue that like, I think Brett had where they worked through it and that made it, that made it worse. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. Mm-hmm. But... You know, because you, you know, back in back in the day, um, 
And Steve Young's kind of the guy I think about when I think about the concussion thing is, uh, you know, you just kind of walked it off. Yeah, unless unless you couldn't, you know, keep yourself upright, but... Yeah. Jeez. But, um, yeah, so they also... There's also been more coming out about Ring of Honor. Like, we found out over the weekend that they didn't they didn't put the title on Marty's scroll because according to Greg, the merchandise weasel, you know, everyone they put the belt on just leaves and, you know, Matt Taven isn't over, but, um, but they just left it on him. Yeah. Well, they tried to get him over is what Gregums was saying. Yes. Well, I mean, Oh, the glaring exception is that lethal is still there. But, you know, that look at how they treated him. I, I'd probably leave if I was him, too. He, yeah. was, uh, he was also very disrespectful of Flip, uh, Flip Gordon. Oh, yeah, because he was like, why are we running these big venues? This is fucking embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, that that's the part that, I, that stuck out in my mind was like, what? why are we I, doing this? I need to look this up, but he... He said something about uh, talent there. Let me let me actually look. One thing. Um, <coughs> well, this is kind of distracting from the point that I was just going to try to make. But um, there are people who are defending Ring of Honor and all of this, which is fine because we don't know. This is one side of the story we're hearing. We don't know everything. Although Joy Mercury is posting what he was purporting to be tweets or I'm sorry, text messages. Um, But people are saying, Oh, there's more to the story. And they're implying that Klein and her husband, BJ Whitmer and Joey Mercury all have some sort of ax to grind or agenda, which that may be true, but that doesn't mean that there isn't some truth to what they're actually saying. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to have an ax to grind, this sure from what we're getting, first of all, we're getting enough stacked up on one side that it's getting hard to be fair to the other side. And then second, if you're going to grind an axe, this seems like a good tree to chop down with it. Here's here's my thing and why I think it's more true than not. Well, for one thing, the Newsweek article would say like if they talk to more than one person and a lot of the numbers they were throwing around was like six, like four. Yeah. You know, so when you have that many people saying it, but... Go back and find that shoot Jim Cornette did with Kayfabe after he left and look at what Joey Mercury is saying. And they are shockingly similar. Yeah. And they're six years apart. It's right down to why Cornette quit, which is because they took off before the show was over and Steve Carino was hurt and there was no one to take care of him. Yep. And the guys that were supposed to be there and have the... What was it? They were supposed to be there, and they were supposed to have like the insurance and stuff for this sort of thing. We're just gone. Yeah. So what were they supposed to do? And also, this one came out, and I think actually there was some text image of this. I don't know if you saw that, Matt, where pretty much um, if if your contract is coming up for renewal, you need to tell them because they don't remember. God. Mm-hmm. God, doesn't that just... 
God, doesn't that just chew you up? Yeah. And so we're gonna we're gonna end our evening on um, someone else publicly embarrassing themselves. So this is kind of still ongoing because he hasn't figured out to shut up yet. But uh, Corey Graves <laughs> has spent the last three days just making an absolute ass out of himself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, boy. So, you know what? If our Patreon got enough money in, we'd just FedEx him a shovel so he could dig the hole a little faster. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd, um, I'd, I'd just FedEx him a 24 pack of water to help with his commentary during women's matches. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sorry, I just. We, I, I've, I've, um, I was finally able to put into words why I hate his commentary during women's matches uh, the last couple of days. So, that's that's why I said that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, so he went after Morrow. Like, um, I'm not necessarily a fan of Morrow, and I think I think where people are having some issues here is it really doesn't matter your opinion of Morrow to realize that Corey Graves was wrong. And if there's one person in WWE that should never tell someone they talk too much, it's Corey Graves. <laughs> yeah. This is not given that, um, the backlash that happened around, uh, JBL with the same kind of thing. Um, you would, you would think that that would be a pretty good, uh, warning for folks to, to, you know, maybe, maybe this is not the kind of fight to pick. I honestly think what he did is worse than what JBL did because there's still kind of, um, the JBL thing is still a little shrouded and no one quite knows if he was a problem or not and Morrow kind of, um said he wasn't the issue and um the Corey graves thing was very public and very stupid yes that okay that's fair and i'm not defending <coughs> jbl i'm just saying like the jbl thing there's some questions to what actually was going on there and with the Corey thing like he was being would would calling Corey graves like Okay, the first comment is really stupid, but I the word that came to mind with Corey Graves was passive aggressive little bitch. <laughs> it is a um and he got owned, like he got owned by Meltzer and Brian Alvarez because he tried pretty to hard. at them too. Yeah. That's Look, I don't understand why folks are thinking that taking a swipe at them is a good move because they're not constricted by any of the stuff you are when it comes to your social media. Well, the thing is like, um, Meltzer might not reply to you, but Alvarez, like Alvarez gives no fucks. Like if you want to get a little crazy with Alvarez, like he will gladly, like he will fucking like, take the hose and get that mud pit nice and muddy, like to jump in with you. Like he doesn't yeah. give a fuck. And he will go for the throat. And, and the thing with, I think, um, I think the problem with Alvarez is Alvarez is like a pig. Like you just wrestled with a pig and got yourself dirty and he doesn't care because he's a pig and he's happy. Cause he's dirty. Yeah. <laughs> like 
I guess yeah. the funny thing is I've I've met him like several times now, and he can be a quiet guy just because you know a lot of people want to talk to him about stuff. He's not as quiet as Meltzer, who I think he's not, Meltzer's almost like shy. But Brian is like a super nice guy. If you actually talk to him, he's not he's not he's like not remotely confrontational. But I think he just gets offended by some of this stuff as he should because this Gordon <laughs> Grace is just an ass. I think with Alvarez, I think he's like, he's kind of like I am, like where you can toss some shade at me and I'll usually like, I'll accept it. But like, if you, like, if you go after like, like on social media or something, but if you like went after my wife or like one of my friends, like that's when like, that's when like the ugly side of me will come out and Mm -hmm. I am going to fucking go after you. Whereas if you went after me, like I'd probably just ignore you. Mm Mm-hmm. But like if you if you get me if you get me to the point where I'm riled up enough to go after you like you'll not like it. Uh, who are the ones you're supposed to watch out for? Watch out for the quiet ones. And those nice those nice folks who are easy to get along with and easy to talk to and that sort of thing. Then what happens when you do pick a fight with them is they they just cut loose with all that stuff they sit around and think about and don't say. Well, and what's shocked me is how awful Corey Graves' comebacks were. Like, he had nothing. Yeah. He just thought he'd throw that out there and it would be done. It, it, it's not. That's not what's going to happen. Well, I think we're being <laughs> stupid, and I don't know why people don't realize this, but if Meltzer answers back, like, Meltzer's got bite to him that... Mm-hmm. It's really if you if you're not if you didn't bring your A game like Meltzer's going to Meltzer's going to take a good chunk out of you. He's going to yeah. knock you sideways because he. I got this theory that for a long time people didn't mess with Meltzer because he knew where the bodies were buried, and and Seth Rollins keeps ignoring that. No, no, I'm going to say it, and and, and then be like, dude, you don't want to do. It. I'm I'm gonna, I'm going to say it. I don't care. I also think they don't realize, like, in the early days, I think there were wrestlers that threatened to kill Dave Meltzer. So I think, like, you're not going to phase him. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna pull an example out of thin air just because it wouldn't surprise me if this guy was one of them. But if Manny Fernandez ever threatened to kill Dave Meltzer, what what does he have to be afraid of from Seth Rollins? I mean, I wouldn't be that afraid of Manny Fernandez because I would just leave some neatly lined piles of coke in my, <laughs> on my front porch, and then you'd know to get the gun when you hear the. But but you know what I mean, right? Like yeah, there's way crazier people. Oh no, I'd be like, I'd be like, Manny Fernandez is trying to kill me. Like, what gauge is my my bullets here? Like nine millimeter. Like, uh, I better get something bigger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of of yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. There have probably been people that have that have done that, but it's not like they're looking about that for Seth Rollins. Oh, I mean, what's Seth Rollins going to do to you? Make a, I mean, I, just to go back to Seth Rollins, like him getting all butthurt about CM Punk telling him to stop tweeting was exactly the reason he should stop tweeting. <clears throat> I am going. God, this is. This is going to hurt my soul a little bit. But I'm going to give you the Seth Rollins answer. What's Seth Rollins going to do to you? Burn it down, right? 
Because that's all he's got. That that's all he can come up with. I mean, at least at least you know Bray Wyatt would murder a little bunny rabbit to to prove his point with a giant hammer. <coughs> right. Well, you can even go further back. Bray Wyatt will brawl with you in the swamp in the middle of nowhere and swing a pickaxe at your head and embed it in a tree. Right. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <coughs> What's Seth Rollins going to do? Seth is going to try and, and call up John Moxley, who's not going to show, and then he's going to try and call up Roman to back him up, and Roman's going to be like, dude, you uh, you started this. Yeah, this is on you. I, I think the, the important lesson to learn from Corey Graves and both uh, him and Rollins is that if you're going to start business like this, you got to be clever enough to actually hold your own yeah you don't have to win you just have to like at least be clever enough to hold your own and not look like a goof yeah and neither, neither one of them is as bright as they think they are so right. it graze is gotta, better than rollins but that's uh yeah. that's faint praise <laughs> the thing is like you if you like i think i and I, I i i loathe him but i bring him up a lot because he saves himself a lot is you have to be like cm punk like you have to have you have to have that little tiny streak of self-deprecation to save yourself. And I think that's what keeps saving Punk is like he can be self-deprecating. Okay. He's weird because he's a, he can obviously we've talked about that on the show before. He can be a huge asshole, but then he has moments where he'll do something nice or he does have that like self-deprecation. So it's it's it, it's kind of weird. Like there it buys him just Okay, Christopher Titus has a theory called douchebag credits, right? And the idea behind douchebag credits is that there are some people who are so nice that you would never figure, like, if if there was a story on the news that Tom Hanks punched a nun, your response would be, what did that nun do to get Tom Hanks to punch her? CM Punk, like, spends all but one of his douchebag credits and then hangs on to it until he builds them back up. So he doesn't... Like Seth Rollins, you know he's he's pitching those in the fire like snapping pops at a at a Cub Scout meeting, but uh, that that analogy doesn't hold up great. But um, you know he, he Seth Rollins just chucks them as soon as he Seth Rollins uses them on credit, I think. Whereas Punk's kind of like ah yeah I'm gonna save this this one. Right? So what you're I'm saying is love them. so what you're saying is. CM Punk builds his credit up so that he can make those comments and Seth Rollins just keeps handing IOUs over. <laughs> Pretty much. So you have all of this and it's, um, you know, it's, it's, he's just, you know, you just, Seth Rollins burns through him immediately. Corey Graves, I think it, Corey Graves burns one as soon as he gets it. But Seth Rollins just goes just through all of them, right? It really shocked me. I mean, I know a lot of people turned on Graves, but it, it legitimately shocked me that people still enjoy his commentary because he has been. I, I started turning on him really bad about I think two years ago, but I understood it up until um, they had Renee Young on Raw, mm-hmm. and that's where I thought he just became like absolutely like terrible. Where like Michael Cole was like trying to help her through, and he would just, he would just 
trounce all over everything because he can't handle the world not being about him for five seconds. Yeah, he. I actually used to like his commentary. I thought he was probably the best color person they had in a while. Yeah. But especially since when they brought him back, like JBL had. JBL was kind of like a shell of how he used to be. I actually thought way back in the day, JBL had become a pretty decent color commentator. Right. But then, you know, he went away for a while and it came back and I thought he was like not good. And they didn't really have anyone else. Like Booker T was bad. I thought Gray's. Shucky, was, shuck, what would he say? Shucky, Ducky, quack, quack. Shucky, Ducky, quack. Yeah. <laughs> how it, you know, it's kind of funny. Like, who would have <laughs> thought that of the two, <laughs> Booker, Booker T was obviously the better wrestler? Who would have thought that Stevie Ray was the better color guy? <laughs> 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 I know. The Harlem Heat. Um, but I. Suckers got to know, man. Suckers got to know. I thought. I thought Grace was pretty good, but then he just became kind of intolerable. He's kind of, it's almost. He got full of himself. It's almost better to just not even listen to commentary when you're watching WWE. I, I was talking about this with my friend today, like about like Lawler versus Graves. And where like Lawler is legitimately funny. Like Lawler knows how to get in there with a line. But what yeah. but also makes him funny is he understands that like you get that line in, you get the fuck out. And you just like let it hit people, whereas Corey Graves like isn't funny. So if he thinks he gets off a good line, he has to like roll around in it and beat you over the head with it because he's not funny. So he has to belabor the point. That was a great line, wasn't it? I really got him with that one, didn't I? Yeah, like there's literally times I think you can hear like Corey Graves like smelling his own farts on the air. <laughs> That's a great reference. <coughs> oh, man. But yeah, so that was that was the week in wrestling. Like, it, there's been, you know, I would say the last three months, there's been some absolutely, like, batshit insane weeks. Yeah. As far as, like, bad yeah. news coming out for companies. Yeah. It's never yeah. good stuff <clears throat> bunching up. It really hasn't been. Um, it's It really hasn't been, no. And, oh, and to go back to ROH, did I don't remember what it was, but they've sold some abysmal amount of tickets for Final Battle. I think oh they yeah, like sold four hundred. Yeah. God, uh, I think that the again, I was trying to say something that Greg had texted to Joey. I I couldn't find it, but it was something to the extent where he was like, "Oh, I don't, I don't think we need to like go after certain talent to book them on the show." And Joey was like, "No, you do. Like there are people who would." actually want to be booked on the show you just have to ask them and you're not doing that yeah and this they is like the guy Keith Lee. yeah this they is like the guy Keith Lee walk yeah this is the guy who's like running things right who's what's the even the is it rush versus pco that's the main event at final battle yeah i almost if i was booking that i almost would just fucking hot shot the title onto pco I, if I was doing that, I would just tell them. I'd be like, "Look, like just just go hog wild." Because Rush, in logical booking, Rush is a guy that if you had a healthy company in Ring of Honor, like if Ring of Honor, like this is if this was like AEW and you had like Rushes on your roster, mm-hmm. yeah, Rush is a Rush is a really talented dude. He's not a bad looking dude. He's got charisma. He's a guy like yeah, oh, you can absolutely build this company around him you can push him as a main star um 
but right now, like Ring of Honor, I feel is in such bad shape. It's almost like just put the fucking title on PCO, see what okay. happens, because he at least is like over. To the extent yeah, that people but, are over in Ring of Honor, he's over. But yeah. you know what's going to happen, though. I mean, it, and I know they have the title on him right now, but you know, you know, Vince and company are looking at that guy, and you know they've got that dump truck full of money ready to just wheel up to his house. For now. That contract. For now, although, again, as as friend of the show, uh, Christy Petrillo had said, I, I kind of agree with him. I think we are maybe a year or two from the WWE, like, something happening where they just have to fire a bunch of guys because they can't oh, sustain no, having yeah. a million dudes on the roster that they're not doing anything with. They're just sucking up money. Well, we talked about that. Uh, we talked about that with their, their holdings calls. You can actually see the talent hoarding affecting their... Their bottom their, line. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I give it... I'd say, I'd say if they have a couple bad quarters next year, I think you're going to see, like, them purge. And get a get a new Black Friday like last time, right? Because the thing is, I did an EWR game. I did an EWR game earlier this year with a current WWE roster, and I I think I released like a hundred people and still had like a hundred and sixty people under contract. Oh, good lord! It was insane. Oh man, that's like it's just not sustainable. It, it, you can't have that. Like this is the same problem WCW had. Yeah, and well, and, and they did it for the same reason, just to keep them out of the hands of other people. And and some of the, I mean, some of the main roster payouts they're giving, like good on those guys, but like you can't afford to pay, you can't afford to pay two hundred and fifty people, like upwards of three hundred to five hundred thousand minimum each. Well, I mean, they just to like not do anything they sh- they didn't you know they didn't give the nxt guys the raises and they're the ones with the show on an, on you know on uh usa so what's going to happen with everybody else right i mean this 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 cannot hold no i don't think so so we'll so. see we'll see what when they finally like give that that uh up all right well I think we about wallowed that to death. Um, We've beaten this horse as badly as Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez have beaten Corey Graves. <laughs> well, guys, um, the last thing, if you've listened this far, I wanted to let you know that we, coming up on this, the you know, we're up on the, the coming up on the holiday season, I am going to do a giveaway. I have just plenty of um, random wrestling swag that I am going to uh, that I'm going to give away. Uh, I've got I've got stuff by well I've got lots of different stuff. So you know if you are uh, interested, uh, if you're interested in what I've got, I'm, I'm you'll be getting a box that'll have. Uh, an autographed picture. It'll have a couple of t-shirts. Um, it sh- it's going to have some some other little knick-knack stuff in it. And two DVDs. One will be a DVD compilation of some indie stuff. And then the other one is going to be... Uh, <coughs> it's going to be a DVD that just happens to 
star some wrestlers on it, basically. So, um, we're going to be doing that giveaway. Keep your ear to the ground. Uh, I'll be telling you guys how we're going to select who wins it and that sort of stuff. But we want to say thank you for joining us. This is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three quarters. You're in the fourth. And we'd love to hear from you. Thanks.